Hello, hi, and welcome. Now, listeners, I have a very special bonus episode for you today, which is in partnership with Dell Technologies and Microsoft. I'm currently working with Dell as part of their 2022 Small Business Podference, which is a very exciting UK podcast-based conference, a place to share advice and inspiration to support all small businesses. Dell is a trusted advisor for small businesses. They offer dedicated technology and solutions so you can find the right technology and advice to help your business grow and ultimately succeed. And today I'm joined by an absolutely incredible guest, the founder of Beauty Pie. And I should say, making a very welcome return to the podcast, it's Marcia Kilgore. Hello, Hello, Emma. I'm so happy to be here today. So excited. Now, when it comes to business, And people who have really blazed a trail, I can't think of a name that comes to my mind faster than yours, because you are, just to give listeners a a little bit of a potted history about your incredible achievements, you are a Canadian-born entrepreneur who founded a string of game-changing global companies in the world of beauty and wellness. And you really, you were and are a pioneer, and it's quite right that you are recognized globally as an industry leader, a business visionary, a beauty expert, and an inspiration for female entrepreneurs everywhere. At the age of 29, you were chosen to be on the cover of Time magazine. That's pretty cool. And the thing that they really picked out about your story is that they really said it was hard work, ingenuity, fearlessness that was actually trumping that kind of old school networking, business school, big shot vibe that was very much permeating the business world. You launched Bliss. I had very many fantastic treatments at Bliss. Thank you very much. Soap and Glory. Uh, and I cannot talk about you without talking about Fit Flop. Listeners will know I am obsessed with Fit Flop. Look at these. <laughs> I'm, I'm testing these for next year. They're incredible. I have the Vitamin FF trainers and they are Amazing. all I work out in now. They're all I do my long walks in. They are just incredible so and followers listeners will know this I'm honestly obsessed I share them all the time so then came beauty pie which I think is kind of bringing us up to date there's so much more I could say but I would honestly do in half I could do a half hour intro on you but beauty pie which really turned the traditional beauty business model on its head and made luxury beauty products accessible to consumers by selling direct to them so cutting out the middlemen and reducing the cost for these really beautiful luxury beauty items by up to 75% of their typical re- retail price, which is incredible. So I'm delighted to welcome you back on the podcast. I think I've given you listeners a great steer on the fact that she really is the person to talk to when it comes to starting and growing a business. So welcome, welcome back. Um, I should thank probably you. ask you how you are. How's life? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Very busy, very busy. How is your life? Good. Great. The last time Great. we spoke was exactly, I think we were in exactly the Might same Might have been places. in the pandemic, no? Pandemic, pandemic, right at the very beginning. Yeah, things were so crazy then and no one knew what was going to happen, did they? I mean, that was that was the time you have to be really flexible. You have to really be willing flexible. to pivot, I guess, right? And, and, and we, we all thought it was just going to be a disaster. And actually, it was so incredible for online businesses at that time because everyone... I would have thought that people would have gone home and saved every dime that they had thinking, oh my God, what is going to happen? This could be the end of the world. But in fact, people went home and got on their laptops and started shopping. They all got on their (laughs) Dell Environ laptops and started shopping, which was the, you know, it's one of those times when you think one thing 
as a rational person, right? And what you learn is that people are not rational. Um, you would think that they would go home and, and stop doing anything and wait to see what was going to happen. But in fact, the shopping spree that took place during that two-year period online was unprecedented. Unprecedented. And actually, Beauty Pie, which we're going to talk about, is, is indelibly etched into my brain <laughs> in, a, in a weird way as almost like the the line in the sand of like this was where the pandemic began because the very last event that I went to before everyone said we should really not go out anymore was the launch at Harvey Nichols. Yes, our first pop-up, which unfortunately we closed after three days or four days because we started to get that, you know, the pandemic information and we thought, you know what, this is not safe, not for our customers, not for our staff. Um, and and we shut down quite quite quickly thereafter. Mm-hmm. So, but but it did give us a seventy two hour window to realize that people really love shopping us at retail. <laughs> well, that's a good thing to know. So that was a real landmark moment for Beauty Pie, even though obviously the pandemic then came in and kind of stole your thunder. So actually, I think it's a really good place to start to really go back to the beginning and talk about the journey of becoming the founder of Beauty Pie. Yeah, well, Emma, it's a very long journey. So I started my work life in my teens as a fitness instructor. That's sort of my part-time job was teaching aerobics. Then I was a personal trainer when I moved to New York in my early 20s. Then I learned skincare because my skin was so bad. And I just had tried so many things to uh, stop my breakouts and control my acne and nothing worked. So I um, studied cosmetic chemistry at UCLA. I took a crash course there. I opened a skincare and aesthetics practice. It was called Let's Face It. It got a little bit bigger. I opened a bigger one called Bliss. Um, and that kind of ballooned into a career in the spa and cosmetics industry. Then I started, as you mentioned, Fitflop, which was an ergonomic footwear brand, which was sort of tied back to everything that I know about ergonomics and, and fitness and how the body moves and what's good for your body. Um, and then Soap and Glory, and then I launched Beauty Pie five years ago. So I think, um, you know, over the 30-year period that I have been working, I've just tried to use what I know to create new products that are better than what's out there on the market already, or a better value, or somehow going to bring a customer um, joy in her or his day, and also something that I personally would want to buy myself. I think that's that's what makes it really easy for me. I'm, I'm never selling cars, which I don't have that big of an interest in. I'm, I'm always selling things that, you know, I would really love this. And it makes it super easy to be enthusiastic about. I think what you do, which is obviously a part of the magic sprinkled us that you're able to uh, sprinkle over any of your businesses, is you create things that people didn't know they needed and then can't live without? I would hope so. I would hope so. Because, you know, there's enough stuff out there. So um, you often see people going into business and just starting like yet another one of the same thing. And that's always very hard. If you don't have a USP, um, if you don't have something that you can uniquely tell a story about that is different from everything else there is on the market, and it's such a crowded market in so many areas, then, you know, why why do it? It's just going to be that much harder for you. And being an entrepreneur already takes, I would say, an unbridled level of optimism and enthusiasm. You have to kind of have what they call Steve Jobs' reality distortion field. So you have to believe that the impossible is possible. And you have to be able to get up every day and kind of 
have a renewed belief every single morning that what you're doing is possible, even though it seems so incredibly hard. It is often akin to pushing a boulder up a mountain and you've got to be able to just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And you know, at one point, the boulder will roll for five seconds by itself and then you have to push it up the mountain again. Um, and, and so if you don't have something that you really truly intrinsically and in your gut believe is better and different than every other product that's out there, it makes it very, very hard. Actually, I would really love to find out from you because the word entrepreneur gets thrown around a lot. And I think it's become one of these sort of badges of honor. It's like, oh yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. And because no one really fundamentally knows what that means, everyone has their own definition. I'm just curious what, what it means for you to be an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I, I often laugh at the fact that people think entrepreneurs are kind of like the new rock stars. Um, <laughs> for me, it's more that I don't necessarily have the patience or the, um, the personality type that can work for someone else and execute their ideas. So I have a friend actually, who's one of the, the most brilliant people I know. Um, she was a, an attorney in music business and I've known her because I started to give facials to her when I was probably 23 and, and she was, I don't know, 35 or 40. Um, and I remember being in a car with her once and she turned to me and she said, you are so brave and, and fearless that you can just keep starting these businesses over and over again. Like you, you are so brave. And I looked at her and I said, you are so brave that you can go to an office every day and listen to somebody that you don't necessarily believe what they're saying or what they want to achieve and, and sit there and do it despite the fact that you don't necessarily believe it's the right thing to do. <laughs> so it really is, I don't, I don't find it to be um, that exceptional. Um, perhaps it's a little bit selfish um, because you want to do what you want to do, right? It's maybe a little bit bratty. So I'm lucky that I've got some of the characteristics, I suppose, that I can continue to carry on with the reality distortion field. I've got the energy. I can show up and be optimistic every day, but it is probably a little bit spoiled. It's like, no, 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 it's my idea. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm not going to do what somebody else wants, right? So you could look at it as being a badge of honor, or you could look at it as being a spoiled child. Yeah, I mean, my definition is can't work well with others. <laughs> well, there you go. You should perfect. <laughs> well, maybe you're a solo practitioner then. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, I'm just, it's the thing. It's like, I have an idea and I get very, very passionate about it and I don't want someone to put the brakes on it. No. So you're you're an entrepreneur. There you go. <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, it, it's all very well and good. We look at you and we can put you up on a pedestal and be like, Marcia is so amazing. Look at everything that she's done. And even at the beginning of the show, I listed, I didn't list everything. Like it's exceptional. And you've alluded to the fact that the boulder sometimes get heavy, gets heavy or you lose your grip on the boulder. So can you tell us about some of the challenges that you faced along the way and the mindset that you have to overcome them? Oh, there are so many, Emma. Um, you know, every day you're going to come up with a challenge. It might be that your technology is not working. It might be that someone working for you um, who is perhaps not as experienced put something that was misphrased in an online chat room and now suddenly you're completely under fire because one person said something that didn't necessarily represent the thoughts of the company. Um, it might be that a supply chain issue has caused a product that had to land before Christmas, 20,000 of that product to not come in until January. <laughs> You're sitting on all that inventory. What are you going to do with it? Um, there are so many issues that come up every day. 
And um, I guess you, you just kind of, listen, the longer you've been in business, the easier it gets because you've seen, you've been there, you've done that, you've seen exactly what happened, you know what steps to take, you can take those steps in advance. Um, and so at this point, I am so experienced when I, I, there's rarely a problem that comes up that I don't think, well, this will either be over in two days or, well, these are the five things that we can do to um, mitigate this, right? Mm -hmm. Or, but I am lucky enough at this point to have um, some investment behind me in this in this particular business. Um, so we have a little bit of padding and it's not always the same when you're a small business. Sometimes you have no padding. Mm -hmm. So um, I always recommend that people move slowly, right? Um, speed is sometimes the reason why you make a lot of decisions poorly. You think, oh, we have to go this fast. And it's like, actually, until you have your ducks in a row and you're humming and you're efficient and you really know what you're doing, you've honed your message and you've honed your product, you don't need to move fast, right? Mm -hmm. You you want to be really frugal um, and you want to be very efficient. You want to roll up your sleeves, do as much as possible as you can yourself and you know, not get yourself into water that's deeper than, than your nose. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's a timeline thing, isn't it? Because I think, I don't know about you, but once I've decided that I want to make a change, if it isn't actioned in some way pretty quickly, I feel like I'm being lazy and then I can beat myself up. But do you have that as well? Do you have to have an idea and then say, okay, now this is the timeline because otherwise I could rush it. Um, I think no, because that's a personality type. <laughs> Although there are people in my team who sometimes want to rush it. And so I am, and it's very interesting if you haven't done a Myers-Briggs and some people poo-poo the Myers-Briggs, right? They're like, ah, oh, the Myers-Briggs is not really a thing. It's old school, et cetera, et cetera. But it's called the MBTI and you can take a test online. It tells you what your personality type is like. And of course, epigenetics and your childhood and other factors will feed into what causes you to be how you are today, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have some baggage that we bring along with us or it's how we were born or how we were raised that sort of informs how we function. And I am the type of person who knows kind of when it's right to go to that next step. I will be waiting for either a right situation or the right information, or I will go out there and gather the right information until I have that information. I'm not ready to move, mm -hmm. um, but I still move relatively quickly. Um, but without, I don't like taking a wild guess and then moving. Mm -hmm. Although at the very beginning, all you have is a wild guess. So the bigger that you get in terms of business, the more expensive those wild guesses can be. Mm -hmm. You can kind of wild guess at the beginning when the stakes are not so high, but then <laughs> when the stakes get higher, you don't want to wild guess quite as much. Emma, I forgot what the question is, but I hope that was the answer. <laughs> no, I love that. That's given me uh, some very helpful information. But the one thing I did want to ask, I mentioned about timelines. But I also want to ask about things feeling smooth. Like I think sometimes you can feel as though you're in a really incredible groove and then a problem comes along and it feels like, oh, I was doing so well. But then you realize on the other side of the problem, things are so much better. Do you now welcome challenges or issues knowing that actually it's a really important part of growing a business is having to overcome a little speed bump every now and again? Absolutely. Um, I think that's really insightful. Um, what I find is that putting processes into place as I get, you know, as the business grows, it's so important to have teams who are following processes. Um, and that there isn't, 
there's room for creativity, but there's not too much room to go outside of a process. And if the process isn't working, you hone the process until it is right and it is efficient and you're not wasting time or energy or money. Um, and I have found that the more experienced I get, the more important I realize that in order to scale a business, how important those processes are. So when you do, you have all of these trains running on their train lines, right? And so if one of them hits a bump, it's okay because the other four are still going. Mm-hmm. And so you you know that this is is operating efficiently and optimally. And so a little bump here or there is just, okay, let's deal with that one, but these ones are still going. And so that's enough to keep the momentum moving along. Um, and so I kind of look at it that way, that, that you want to build your house on bricks, right? Mm-hmm. It can't all just be throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. You've got to have some things that you know are churning and are working and that are, are consistent um, and reliable sources, I guess, of income for your business. And then anything else is easier to deal with. It's kind of like you don't want the, you know, your cup to be full of water if that water is all stressful right? Mm -hmm. Because one more drop is going to put it over the edge. You need to have that cup like halfway full so that one more drop is just, eh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah. And and when you have processes in place and you know, people are following them, it reduces the stress level of your business really quite tremendously. Do you ever get to tell me about this? You're at a stage, the business, everything's running like clockwork. Everything is very, very smooth. There have been no bumps in the road. And it's almost as if you're driving and you can take your hands off the wheel. You can kind of step back. For you as an entrepreneur, is that when you think, when it feels comfortable, is that when you think, oh, we need to make changes. We need to grow. We need to get bigger. We need to do something different. Do you enjoy that comfort or do you prefer actually edging towards the discomfort to build your businesses? Um, I think that again would be a personality trait. Um, <laughs> I don't think if, if my hands are off the wheel, right, then I'm thinking, well, how, what do we do next? Right. How do we keep this exciting for the customer? Um, I, I rarely think about how do you grow? Although growth is, you know, always when you have a business, you're always thinking, well, what's the next step? How do we reach more customers with this? It's so great. How do we find more people and educate them about the benefits of this business or this shoe or whatever it is? I'm usually thinking, well, if this is easy, that means the customer could get bored, right? And so how do you do something fun for your customers Mm. next? And what is the next thing that you can bring her in? or him, or they, right? He or she, or they. Um, what can you do to make it interesting for them ongoing? Because you can never really let that slip. You don't want people to get bored with your offer, with your brand. We are constantly launching new products, whether it's shoes or cosmetics. Um, and we do collaborations with different people who are you know, elite in their industry um, and try to bring better and better, more and more, more exciting, fun things people can interact with all the time. And and I guess that's that's how we grow. But I'm always looking for something that's that's new and and something will help us grow not just from I guess a, a financial perspective, but also from um, that growth mindset perspective. Mm-hmm. Now let's hone in on Beauty Pie because it's a solely online beauty company. So you had to build a website. There must be a lot of tech that goes on because everything is done online. And I'm guessing that the back end must be quite a complicated thing. So how has that 
How did that start and how have you managed to build and grow that? Well, we, we have done a couple of pop-up shops and we had to actually migrate our tech to function also with our pop-up shops. And let me just say, it is not easy. Um, I am in a lucky situation um, that um, I've got a team of tech people right, who help. But when I was a smaller business, it was really hard. Mm. Um, in the beauty industry, you think about like, you know, what the hard parts are. Um, the hardest part is really creating the best and most efficacious products, right? So number one, it's like getting those products just right, making them remarkable. So making something that people will talk about because it's different than the millions of our other products that are out there and then reaching customers and educating those customers about why yours are better or why they're a better value, right? There are a million lipsticks out there. Why is this particular lipstick either really fantastic as a choice for them and or a better price than all the others in the in the condition of beauty pie. Um, but certainly tech has been a huge challenge for us, um, choosing the right technology at the beginning um, and then you know extending from there into using that technology and then iterating on it. And Again, it's easier when you can afford to hire an expert and I'm in that lucky position, but I wasn't always. Mm. Well, I was going to ask you about how you feel supported in that because that's definitely something across the board. Every time I speak to people who are either in business or they're entrepreneurs themselves, they will always talk about the brick walls they face when it came to uh, the tech side of things, because it really is like, <laughs> to use a silly example for me, but if I needed something done with my electrics in my home, I just have to trust that the guy knows what they're doing. Like, I, cause I, I can't look over the shoulder and go, yep, you're doing that right. And I think what's amazing actually is they'll provide these trusted advisors, especially in those early days. And they actually uh, commissioned a survey uh, this is by the Dell UK Small Business with Aberdeen, showed that 26% of uh, small businesses, small to medium businesses, don't know where to start or have any of the capabilities to support IT modernization, despite knowing that that modernization will increase not only productivity, but security. So from your perspective, as someone who perhaps didn't feel supported all the time, is that something that you think is vital for these small, medium business enterprises? It is so vital. And if if that would have been available for me when I had smaller businesses, I would have jumped right on it because I remember so many times having a situation where I couldn't, you know, I'd have three people on a system um, at, or 10 people, right? And we didn't have an IT director because you aren't big enough to pay a salary of an IT director. And you'd have to hire an outside IT firm to come in and help with a problem that you had it would wipe out your profits for six months, right? <laughs> because if you don't know what you're doing, you really have to get a specialist in. And and or if you have um, a situation with security, right? Uh, that also can be really, really expensive if you have a security breach. So, so important to be able to tap into something that will help you get this stuff right without costing a fortune. And to be able to have a service center like that, I mean, I would have, I would have <laughs> signed up sign me up. If I go back, if I start again, I'm signing up. <laughs> um, how has the tech structure changed from the early days to where you are now? Now we have an entire tech unit within the business. Um, so I would say also to people, lean in to change. 
Um, I read that somewhere. I can't remember whose advice it was, but it was such good advice. Um, when when you're afraid of something, right? Take block half an hour out in your diary and just figure it out. Do not avoid it because avoiding it a is exhausting, and b sort of it reduces your power. It's so interesting. I always remember from my magazine days, I started out in magazines when we used to shoot on film. So you would do a Polaroid to see if the lighting was right and if the makeup looked good. And then you would just shoot on film and you didn't really know. It's not like today where it all comes up on the computer immediately. And there were photographers who were like, oh, this will never catch on. <laughs> film is film is so authentic. And kind of, as you say, you, you have to learn how to use the techie stuff because otherwise you, you end up um, obsoleting yourself, don't you? You really do. And I, I do see people who uh, don't want, still don't want to admit, you know, that Instagram or TikTok are things. It's like you can't ignore them, right? The next gen is on them. Whether or not, I mean, that's where they are. They're not watching television. They're mm -hmm. looking at Instagram. And so if you, um, if you don't admit it, you're just going to become a dinosaur. And it takes, you know, three days to sit there on Instagram and figure out how it all works from zero mm -hmm. and to not do that, but spend probably, you know, two hours a day worrying that you don't know is it isn't an efficient use of time. So. Absolutely right. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking about my TikTok shames now because someone did say to me the other day, you really should get on TikTok. And I was like, I'm too old for it. And you're making me realize that I will spend some time this afternoon learning how to use it <laughs> if you if you spend like this block out three hours and this is education and and do go online and watch a tiktok video on youtube of how to use tiktok right three hours in you're gonna be oh this is so easy and then <laughs> then you'll be tiktoking all the time you know, know whether or not wh whether or not it's an efficient use of your time that's the different question <laughs> right knowing how to do it gives you a lot of power whether or not it actually returns anything for your particular business that's a different thing so you know that that you'll figure out when you look at the stats and the data listeners uh market in your diary marcy just created a tiktok monster <laughs> okay i will i will take all of the credit for it when it happens <laughs> um what advice would you give to any small business what do they need in order to be set up for success so i i actually made a list emma <laughs> because I thought about all the things that, that helped me as I have gone from, you know, having a small business into growing larger ones. So I'd say number one is to be frugal, right? Just, you know, every penny counts. Um, and you may not, you may have situations where you don't have any pennies. So saving them, right, really can make a difference in the tough times. Uh, number two, be optimistic about your idea and pessimistic about your finances. <laughs> <laughs> Set aside an hour a day to read because it helps you solve problems in original ways. Oh, uh, yes. So because if you read, it's like adding, it's almost like adding experience without having experience, right? And read things that you wouldn't normally read. So it's not like you're reading the Daily Mail. No offense to the Daily Mail, but that's not going to get you anywhere. Read the Wall Street Journal, right? Read the New York Times, read Wired, read Entrepreneur Magazine, read um, biographies, Mm. Um, because they will tell you about situations that people came across and how they solved them. Read psychology, listen to podcasts, take advice. Um, I always say set 15 minutes a day aside to learn a foreign language because it changes the way your mind thinks. So get Duolingo, 
and start learning some language that you don't know at all. It will teach you that if you can learn Mandarin, you can learn TikTok. You can Google how to reboot your blah, 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 right? Um, it's to give yourself a really tough challenge like that out of nowhere, like learn Russian. 15 mm-hmm. minutes a day, right? You might get to the very basics, but it'll make you realize that with repetition comes prowess mm-hmm. and also helps your mind understand different cultures and that people think of things in completely different ways than you. So it opens you up to different ways of thinking, remembering that your customers also think in different ways than you. Um, you might be one of 16 types of customers or 16 types of thinkers. You're only one. You want to tap into all 16. So it's really important to keep your mind flexible and open. Um, Think about processes. We talked about process. And don't assume that people are good or efficient at process. So if you're hiring people, help them set up efficient processes. Don't waste time. Don't waste money. Don't waste energy. And last but not least, if you get advice from a successful person who has your best interests in mind and a good knowledge of your business, listen to it. Those would be, (laughs) that would be it. (laughs) Thank you. That's a great list. I am going to isolate that and put that as a voice note in my phone. Um, And can I also ask, did you have a mentor at any point through your, throughout your career? Because Dell have this brilliant initiative. So this is Dwen. So Dell Women's Entrepreneur Network, and it's for female founders, or if you are an IT consultant, there is also DEN, Dell Expert Network. But that obviously is something they've realized is a really fundamental piece of any entrepreneur's journey. Well, unfortunately, um, there were not so many people available to me during my journey. Um, I had, when I was an esthetician, a lot of incredible clients. And I would say that probably every single one of those people who came to me for facials was a mentor. So I had the who's who uh, laying on my table for an hour and a half, once a month, and I would talk to them and they would give me either life advice or business advice if they were in business. Um, You know, I had Oprah as one of my clients. So I would have, you know, Oprah, I would have barristers coming through who were, you know, brilliant at what they did. I would have business people coming through who were business or brilliant at what they did. So I, I think I learned a lot from them. And then again, I always say that reading is my mentor. So I will be, you know, I will spend time reading every day and I go down every rabbit hole you can imagine. If there's something extra to click on, I'm clicking on it and I'm reading that article. And then I'm clicking on that and I'm reading that article. And I get so much information um, and, and so much wisdom from articles and podcasts, um, philosophy, psychology, behavioral economics, all of that is just, it's so interesting. It's free and it's out there and it opens up so many different doors. So, you know, smart people, smart literature, um, that can be your best mentor if you don't have somebody. But if you do have something like, Dell's network, which I wish that I wish that was available to me when I was 21, starting my first facial studio. I mean, tap into it. A lot of times we think, oh, that's not for me, or I'm too shy, or oh, I couldn't possibly, or I don't have time, or just do it. Get in there and take advantage of everything that you possibly can. I think it sounds like an amazing idea. That is, this has been so jam-packed with the best advice. And it's so, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you, but this has just been really valuable. And I'm sure anyone 
who has, whether it's an idea, the, the foundation, the little seed of an idea, or is right in the thick of it now, will have really taken some stuff away from uh, some really valuable information away from this conversation. So thank you for joining me as part of Podference today. I want to thank Dell Technologies and Microsoft for making this episode possible. Thank you so much. And I want to remind you listeners how Dell can support your small business. It's a trusted advisor for small businesses. They offer dedicated technology and solutions so you can find the right technology and advice to help your business grow and ultimately succeed. And for small business owners listening, remember to let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro so you can do more and we can all go forward together. All you have to do is search Dell Podference or visit dell.co.uk forward slash podference for more information. And Marcia Kilgore, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me.